The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. I am your host, Tommy Ashley. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. And also rate us, review us, and subscribe. I don't know if we need ratings based on the content tonight. Not a very good postgame podcast to do. I'll tell you what, these are not fun when Carolina loses, but my guest is getting used to doing it when Carolina loses. Unfortunately, I am. I bring in Michael Brooker, former Tar Heel wing. Speaking of wings, Mike, Carolina loses to Marquette 83-70. to 70. Uh, My math is not good, and I've already forgotten it, but I think we added up just before we went on air. Carolina's guards and wings on the night, 4 for 24 overall. Carolina shoots uh, 42% on the night. And what they end up with five threes because they hit a couple late, but wow, just just a complete. I, I mean, if a team could do an exact 180 from a previous performance, this Tar Heel team managed to do it tonight against Marquette. Yeah, and it seems to be a theme here in the last you know few weeks. You know, go to Clemson, lay an egg, come back and put it on. You know, hang 91 on Duke, and um, you know, beat Louisville by 50 almost, and then turn around and uh, just look really disjointed offensively tonight uh like you said four for 24 from the field for the guards just just really inconsistent offensively 18 turnovers just very difficult to get any type of rhythm and anytime we did cut it to seven or eight late you know careless turnover or a missed open three and they come down and score so just just a just a frustrating effort um uh, against a, a oh so so marquette team not a very good marquette team but we made them look really good tonight for sure yeah, Marquette certainly was, I guess they're 11 and 12 now after beating Carolina, but they had beaten some good teams. So they, yeah. they could they could play when they played. When they showed up and, and were engaged, they were capable of beating good teams. Mm-hmm. Carolina's shown capability of winning games when they show up and are engaged. I'm not sure how many good teams they've actually beaten, but they showed the issue that's been this Carolina team's problem for a couple of years now. Um, as far as my memory of late goes, at least is they come out so lackadaisical and, and that's something Mike, I don't know if I understand. I've never been a high level athlete. Um, but I always felt like whatever sport I did play, I played hard every time, whether I shot it well or did anything, I, uh, you know, gave it all. And I just didn't see that tonight. And that's, 
that the loss is concerning. That's devastating for NCAA tournament hopes. But to that, to the point of the the lack of energy, the lack of engagement, that's a problem. And as a former player, what do you see there? Um, maybe that I'm missing when I watch this team play. I mean, I agree completely. It's just a lack of energy off the jump, and, and it gets you off to a poor start. And tonight it got us off to a start that we never could, you know, um, get turned around. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's le- leadership at the um, upperclassmen or if it's just, um, you know, not having an alpha-type, um, you know, go-getter. Uh, rah-rah type leader lead by example maybe they're too young I, I i don't know but it's something obviously that's missing uh to continue to come out uh of the uh, out of the gate and and be so um kind of just passive passive and then finally turning a switch and we created a lot of turnovers there early to mid second half and got back in it and then kind of went back to uh, getting beaten off the dribble and um offensive rebounds etc and just like i said never could get over the hump so i, I don't i can't put my finger on it exactly but it's got to be something in the leadership in the locker room i think that that's causing uh, just the coming out with the passive mindset from the jump and getting us in some of these holes early yeah i think i tweeted this this team is playing like a team that looked at their opponent's paper record not their opponent's um, abilities mm-hmm. and maybe that's a little harsh but i mean like we mentioned marquette's beating some good teams and they've got some good players i mean dawson garcia you know made some money tonight Mm-hmm. playing against uh, Garrison Brooks and quite frankly made him look bad more than once. So 24 and 11 for Garcia. Brooks did have a, a good night stat-wise, but, it, you know, and it's easy to knock kids and do it all the time. These guys have been troopers all year playing through this mess and all. But I, I just – I guess the frustrating part watching from afar, and I'm, I'm quite positive Roy Williams feels the same way. It's just like you mentioned about the switch, not understanding – what flips the switch and then what keeps the switch from flipping back when it does flip the positive. I mean, from the Louisville game to this, I mean, you could not tell any normal person. If you, if you could somehow show these two games, blur out the jerseys, blur out the faces, you couldn't tell anybody in the world that's the same thing. I mean, and that's the frustrating part. Um, and that's, that's from the leadership, right? I mean, you, you were in some locker rooms at Carolina that has some fantastic leadership and maybe some that didn't, and you've coached a lot of basketball. That leadership cannot be overstated, I don't think. Am I right there? I agree completely. And it's leadership by example. It's leadership by body language. It's leadership by verbal. I think it, all, it comes in all different shapes and sizes, but at the same time, your really good leaders, I think, exhibit all of those. And I think um, some of our leaders, I think, in general – are missing a component or two of that. Um, and so coupled with the fact that we're young, really young in so many spots, and you hate to use that as an excuse, but um, <clears throat> it's the truth this year and with a really odd year, unique year with COVID, it's just it's, it really exacerbates the issues, I think, that this Carolina team has at the moment. Um, and the schedule is not getting any easier. Florida State coming uh, Syracuse, Duke. So this was a big loss tonight, like you said, put a serious ding in our NCAA tournament resume, and we're going to have to really uh, turn it around these last few games to to make a push to to get in that tournament. Yeah. So they've shown the ability to flip flop it. So flipping ahead to Florida State, I mean, that's I said it before. This is Marquette's a team built to beat Carolina. It, 
teams built like Marquette have beaten Carolina many times over the years. Uh, the ability to get to the basket and then kick it out to threes. And a lot of people say, well, they don't shoot the threes well. Well, I'd wager any college player or 90% of the college players are going to hit more open threes than they miss. And when they consistently get the open threes, um, they're going to shoot 45% from threes. And that kills you as an opponent. Um, but looking ahead, now they've put themselves in a box, um, losing to Marquette and knocking their peg down. I think they've gotten to, what, 33 or 32 in the net. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do you, how does Roy Williams, how does a coach approach this with these guys? I mean, for Garrison Brooks, unless he chooses to come back, and for a couple of guys that might leave early for the NBA, this, this is it. And Dewey talked about that a lot, and I never really talked to you about it yet, is that the sense of finality starts to creep up on you when you get to be this at this point in the season. And now here we are for this bunch. Um, how does Roy Williams manage it over these next couple of weeks? Because if they don't play, they're going to be in the ACC tournament as a seven or eight in the ACC tournament. And I don't see an NIT or anything else. I think it's NCAA or bus. But, yeah, your thoughts on that part of it? Yeah, I think it's tough, man. Like, I, I don't really um... – it's almost like each game now is a play in game. Like we got to come out and play really well each game and, and treat it like, you know, it's, it's not a, a win and go home, I mean, lose and go home kind of thing. But as far as our NCAA tournament hopes are concerned, it almost, it almost is. I and mean, we can't really have many more losses. You don't want to put the pressure on the guys to that, you know, in, in that capacity where if you lose, you feel like, you know, you're done. But at the same time, you, you got to have that mindset to come out and play extremely hard from the jump and play as well as possible. I mean, the way we're playing right now and kind of the up and down, we'll probably come out and beat Florida State by 15. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's hard to say what you're going to get from this team because they showed flashes of being really, really, really good. And then and then tonight happens, and you just you just shake your head. And I know coaches are shaking their head and, and don't know how you know what buttons to push maybe. But um, I'd be shocked if we didn't see a really good effort against Florida State. Um, it's just that's just the kind of way we've been this year. And, and – we, we have to be really good because they obviously are very, very solid um, and will give us fits if we're not coming out uh, with an A-plus game from the from the jump. Blake Diamond, my buddy Blake, on uh, Twitter says, so beat Florida State Saturday, get <laughs> blasted by Q's on Monday, beat Duke Saturday, lose the first game of the ACC, look great in the first round of NCAA, get run out of the gym in the second round of the NCAA tournament. That's right, right? <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> I mean, he's about it. I mean, but it, it has just been a fascinating uh, – they, they, there should be books written on this season. You know, we get a lot of, a lot of books written on successful seasons, but I, I think a deep dive into the world of college basketball by somebody that's been on the inside writing about how this season's been, I think it would be a fascinating read, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's never – fun to talk about losses or mm-hmm. have to do this stuff. But I think that would be an interesting um, – something to look back on to see um, a candid, unfiltered view of how this season has been for these kids. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you one more question before we get out of here, um, and it's a personal question to you. You scored 2,500 points in high school ball. Did I yeah. say that right? Yeah, 20, uh, 25, yeah, 25 of one. Mm-hmm. Good gracious, man. Tell me how that goes. Cause that's what 800 of my math's terrible. That's 650 a year. 
Um, tell us how that went. Share a little bit because we um, I don't think we've ever talked about that now. Um, my freshman year, I, I played on varsity. I started after my third or fourth game into my freshman year and averaged about 11 points a game there. And uh, so that was a 250 plus points. And then my sophomore year, I averaged 23, which is about 520 something. And then my last two years, I averaged 29 and 34. And so that was about eight something, eight, 10 and nine, 10, my last two years. So 17, 20, my last two years. So, yeah, I was able, uh, fortunate. I had a coach that kind of, uh, even though I was six, five, six, six, he let me roam the perimeter. And, and if it felt round, I shot it. And so, um, <laughs> so I was able to, I shot a pretty good percentage overall. I think I was high forties, like 48% from the field, about 40% from three. So I was able to get, you know, shot attempts and, Played in a little over a hundred games, so I was able to get right at twenty five hundred. So it was a, it was a fun time. That's pretty impressive. Now let me ask you, make it relevant to this podcast for our post game. How did that? How did that translate to the college game? Um, <laughs> it, it didn't. <laughs> I mean, how difficult was that? I mean, because it's still round and the rim's yeah. still the same. I mean, what are these guys going through that make that jump? That can shoot the lights out in high school? That can put it in and fill, fill it up and fill up a stat yeah. sheet. And then they come to college and it's a little different. Yeah. It's, it's really different. Uh, you know, I was a medical red shirt and sitting over there watching and uh, I got I started practicing like the last three months of the season. And so when I got in, it was so much faster than even just sitting there than it was, you know, um, sitting there watching and um, you know, I could, I could fill it up on the blue team, but it was a different animal when you put on that white Jersey or you get in a game. So, uh, much respect to the guys that can step in and, um, like Kerwin stepping in and, and shooting it the way he does in games is, is high. And there's no telling what he shoots in practice. He's probably 90% in practice because it's a different, it's a different animal. And so it's, it's different being going from being the guy that can fill it up and shoot it. And, um, I was used to shooting 20 times a game, you know, at Carolina, you come in and you, you get one or two shots and you're back at, you know, unless you knock them down, you know, so I had a bunch of, a bunch of Oprah ones. And so that, that didn't do the percentages very, very well, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a different, it's different. So, um, but I was very fortunate to be a small part of it. So. Yeah. You, when I was at Carolina, um, Larry Davis would come off the bench and he'd get, he'd, he'd be shooting, you know, at the scorer's table and he'd get his <laughs> shots up. So it's, yeah. it's uh, pretty funny, but it is interesting that, you know, we do knock these guys, but Sherelle McMillan's pointed out and a lot of other people point out, nobody has really shot it well as a freshman guard from three. Um, and Kerwin's doing that. Even though he struggled tonight, he, he's had a good year. Oh, yeah. He's thus far. He's definitely. I, I love, every time he shoots it, like we said before, I, I feel like it's going in. And the more shots he can get, I, th I think it's beneficial for their offense for sure. Yeah, well, we've plucked this one. It's 83-70. Marquette takes down North Carolina. Steve Wojciechowski finally wins a game in the Dean Dome. <laughs> other than other than sitting um, at somebody's knee, I think he yeah. probably won some. But uh, anyway, so they 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 came in. Credit to Marquette, they came in, did what they need to do, gave Carolina trouble. Now Carolina's got some soul searching to do as Florida State comes to town and the ACC is winding down. So we'll see what happens, but. It's been a fun post game, Mike. Even if they lost, it was interesting hearing about your uh, high school prowess. I appreciate you taking the time, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. Yeah. Join us at uh, Johnny T shirt, johnnytshirt.com, and certainly rate us and review us 
on Apple Podcast and subscribe on the YouTube channel. We think, thank you all. We'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.